SEP Fanfic Readings presents Thanks to the Photographs by Unstable Hufflepuff Chapter 14 Misfit Toys No, absolutely not. Over my dead body. Pansy, Granger, we are friends now, remember? Friends don't let friends wear polka dots. But they're really, really tiny ones. My opinion remains the same. Now, moving on. Oh, try this. Due to spending the last two years in a significantly warmer climate, Hermione no longer had very many clothing options when it came to winter apparel. Those she did have weren't exactly to her tastes anymore. When she mentioned this to Draco, the bastard handed her off to a suspiciously eager pansy. Now, thanks to his meddling, she was spending her Saturday apparating herself dizzy around London, while the same girl who once teased her for her looks assisted her in the repairing of her wardrobe. Pansy was having far too much fun. Jeans? Jeans! Are you daft? Put those back on the rack and don't let me see them again. She spun around, shaking her head in exasperation, and wandered over to the next rack as Hermione stubbornly followed, the dark blue low-waisted jeans still in hand. Do you see what I mean? These are the sort of trousers you should wear. No self-respecting witch would ever be caught dead in jeans. Lower your voice, for God's sake. Someone could hear... Oh. Hermione tilted her head to the side, her lips stretching into a soft smile. I like those. Do you think they come in my size? Your skinny, Granger. We'll tear them off the mannequin if we must. Smiling, she began sorting through the rack, checking the sizes until she found the correct one, then held it up to Pansy in triumph. But Pansy's eyes were narrowed, and no longer concentrated on her. Hermione followed her gaze to the other side of the boutique, where a strong-jawed man was eyeing them in bemusement, while his wife tried on shoes. He squinted at Hermione, looking as though he recognized her, and yet couldn't place from where. But she knew, and Pansy did too. They hastily made their purchases and slipped out the door, because being seen was not coveted as it once might have been. They visited twelve shops in total before finally stopping for lunch at a small cafe near Charing Cross Road. It was the closest to Diagon Alley Hermione dared to go while she and Draco were amidst their latest scandal, and she had a feeling Pansy felt similarly. They had only shopped in Muggle London, after all, and she very much doubted that Pansy had taken her there without reason. Truth be told, the fact that Pansy not regularly shopped in the Muggle world was shocking. The fact that she was up to date with the latest Muggle fashion trends, however, was less so. Somehow, that part made sense. It did make Hermione wonder, though, why Pansy, too, was wary of being seen in the wizarding world. Thinking back to Rita Skeeter's latest, she recalled that Pansy's name had been mentioned with just as much disdain as that of the others. She was married to the son of a prominent Death Eater, after all, and if memory served, she had attempted to offer Harry up to Lord Voldemort during the Battle of Hogwarts, prompting Minerva to send the members of the Slytherin House to the dungeons. Perhaps, then... While she was still favored by many of pure-blood society, the rest of the wizarding community turned against her. Though, now that it was known that Pansy had been consorting with her, the muggle-born friend of Harry Potter, that was unlikely to still be the case. They still probably looked down upon her now, pure-blood or not. This bit of karma should have been more satisfying, Hermione told herself. Now, however, knowing she was in the same position, all she felt was empathy. That evening was spent, once more, overindulging in the first-floor sitting-room of Knott Manor, and Hermione, as she introduced a giggly, pansy, and surprisingly intrigued Zabini to the Spice Girls, was almost saddened to realize she was more at ease here than anywhere else. Each of them discarded by society for their mistakes, 
or else simply for who they associated themselves with, no longer facing judgment from one another as they once might have, seeing as none of them stood higher than the others. A villain by mistake, a villain by blood, a supporter of the dark by marriage, the son of a murderess, and a traitor with open legs. An island of misfit toys, she thought with a humorless laugh, and permitted Draco to twirl her around to the tune. Hermione! Upon opening the front gates at the edge of the grounds the following afternoon, only slightly hungover, Hermione was instantly barreled into by a scrawny six-year-old with bright turquoise hair and a beaming face. Reaching down, she lifted him up into her arms as he squealed in delight. "'Oh, Teddy, I've missed you!' After ignoring her for the previously discussed and agreed-upon five to six business days, Harry sent her an owl explaining that he had completed his grieving period and that Ginny refused to hold off on interrogating her any longer. Also, that Teddy Lupin really wanted to see Hogwarts Castle and threw a fit when he found out Hermione had been working there for nearly two months and had yet to invite him to tea. Standing a meter away was Harry and Ginny, each of them holding a little boy with unruly black hair on their hips. After smothering Teddy with a dozen kisses that made him giggle and squirm in her arms, and declaring that he had grown so much he was nearly an adult, Hermione set him down and gave the potters a tentative smile. "'I have a great many questions for you, young lady,' Ginny said severely, somehow managing to look intimidating despite the swaddled infant in her arms. "'She tried to steal my badge to make the interrogation official,' Harry informed her in exasperation. "'I had to hide it. "'I found the robes, though,' Ginny gestured to herself, "'and only then did Hermione realize she was wearing Harry's aura uniform. "'This is a very serious matter, and it will not be taken lightly.' "'Harry rolled his eyes, just as the toddler in his arms "'smacked him in the face with a chubby fist and pointed at Hermione. "'Teddy, who dat lady?' "'That's Hermione,' said Teddy excitedly.' before anyone else could answer. He was clinging to Hermione's hand and bouncing up and down on the spot. She's your godmother. That means that if your mummy and daddy die, she takes care of you and buys you lots of ice cream. James gave a great stuttering gasp and immediately burst into tears. I don't want more mummy and daddy to die. Harry hurriedly began to rub his son's back in smoothing circles, promising that he wasn't going to die, but none of that yielded the intended result when Teddy continued unperturbed. It's okay, James. My mummy and daddy died too, and now Harry lets me go flying and gives me chocolate frogs before bed, even though Ginny says I'm not allowed sugar before supper time. No one quite knew what to say to that. Harry was still frantically trying to calm down James, who had set his younger brother off, and Ginny made a miserable noise before beginning to rock him. It wasn't until they had made their way through the castle corridors, pausing twice when a student asked Harry for an autograph and once when someone asked Ginny, to Hermione's quarters that either Potter boy calmed down. Creature prepared a pot of tea for them, along with an extravagant assortment of pastries, and only left after swearing his lifelong allegiance to Harry with a wrinkly hand held solemnly over his heart. "'Right,' Ginny said seriously, sitting up straighter on one of the armchairs and fixing Hermione with an ominous look. Harry instantly heaved a great sigh from his seat in the armchair next, Harry in his lap munching on blueberry scone. "'How long, and I expect you to be completely honest here,' "'Have you been having S-E-X with the ferret?' "'It was only once,' said Hermione pointedly, "'only meeting Ginny's gaze for a moment "'before returning her attention to the infant in her arms. "'She tapped Albus on the nose and he giggled, "'making her grin broadly. "'His eyes were the same bright green as his father's, "'the eyes of Lily Potter. "'We had just gotten back from Knott Manor. "'It was late and we were very D-R-U-N-K. "'Who made the first move?' 
was Ginny's next question, and it made Hermione wince. Me. Harry began whispering to James in an attempt to block out the conversation. And why, may I ask, did you do that? She sighed. I suppose I just got the idea in my head and I sort of ran with it. Both Luna and Veronica already assumed we were S-H-A-G-G-I-N-G, anyway. Some of the things they said got to me, you could say. What sort of things did they say? Luna's doing research on... Ah, yes, the Zodiac Project. I'm familiar. She's inquired about Harry and I before, you know. Two Leos. I really don't want to hear about you and Harry's S-E-X life, Ginny, said Hermione, raising her head to glare at Ginny. Fair enough, Ginny conceded with a small shrug. She took a sip of her tea, then smirked. Luckily, seeing as it's no longer my brother, your S-H-A-G-G-I-N-G, I don't have the same qualms. Teddy frowned beside Hermione, his eyes glazing over slightly, as he attempted to put together what it was they were discussing. So, was it any good? There was no reason to lie. Yes. Have you done it again since? No. Do you want to? Hermione avoided Ginny's gaze by focusing back on Albus, letting his tiny fist curl around her pinky finger, because she truly did not have an answer, and had been avoiding dwelling on it all week. I'll take that as a yes, then. Have you got a thing for him, or was it simply a D-R-U-N-K-E-N mistake? It wasn't a mistake, but no, he's just my friend. A friend you happen to have had highly enjoyable S-E-X with, said Ginny disbelievingly. Is that the truth, or is that what you're telling yourself? "'Please let that be the truth,' murmured Harry. "'It's the truth,' said Hermione, huffing slightly in annoyance. "'All you done?' There was a pause as Ginny contemplated this, and she glanced up once more just in time to see a grin of pure evil spread across her face. "'How big is his C-O-C-K?' "'I'm not answering that.' "'Thank God,' said Harry weakly. Around four o'clock, the Potters ventured down to Hagrid's hut for a visit while Hermione took Teddy on a tour of the castle. The amount of energy the six-year-old had was astounding. He ran up and down the changing staircases without losing breath, skipping down the third-floor corridor while shouting about the three-headed dog that had once resided there, danced for the tapestry of Barnabas the Barmy teaching trolls ballet, and fell down a total of seven times, getting up each time as though nothing had happened. He made conversation with every ghost they encountered, found incredible joy in the walls that pretended to be doors and the doors that pretended to be walls, declared Peeves his new hero after the ghoul dumped a bucket of soapy water over his head, and ranted for ten straight minutes in front of the statue of the one-eyed witch that hid the passage to Honeyduke's cellar about the cruelness of anyone who dared call her ugly, when she very obviously did not have a say in her disfigurement. By the time they arrived at the entrance hall, about to head down to Hagrid's to meet the Potters, Hermione had no doubt in her mind that Teddy would be sorted into Hufflepuff like his mother, Marauder's blood or not. "'I can't wait to study charms and care of magical creatures, and—oh, Hermione, I want to meet a hippogriff so bad! I never got to see Buckbeak before he died, and it's just not fair! Do you think Hagrid will get another one? Do you? Do you?' "'I don't know, Teddy,' said Hermione, giving him a tired smile. "'But I'm sure you can ask him. Just remember, hippogriffs are very proud creatures.' They must be treated with the utmost respect. Teddy nodded solemnly, giving her hand a squeeze as though to promise just that. I understand. Hermione ruffled his hair affectionately, and he wrinkled his nose, screwing his eyes shut, and the shock of turquoise hair on his head turned into a mop of unruly brown curls. Laughing, she crouched down in front of him, her back to the big oak front doors, and took his other hand, holding them both in her own. 
"'I'm sorry it's been so long since I saw you last,' she said sadly. "'I hope you'll forgive me for that.' "'Of course, Hermione,' said Teddy emphatically. "'Ginny says you had to go away because Ron hurt you real bad. "'I bit him on the ankle for you, and Granny got mad and told me "'just because my daddy was a werewolf doesn't mean I can go around acting like a dog.' "'Thank you for defending me. "'That was very sweet of you,' said Hermione, chuckling a little. "'And she pulled him into her arms for a hug. "'He buried his face in the crook of her neck and let out a little sigh. "'I'm so very proud of you, Teddy. "'You're growing up so fast.' Soon enough you'll be coming here for real, and you'll get to take all the classes you want. I'm going to have to try very hard not to give you special treatment. Teddy giggled and propped his chin up on her shoulder, instantly tightening his grip on her the moment he did so. If your mummy and daddy were still here, she went on, holding him tighter in her arms, I'm certain they would be proud of you too. They loved you so much, more than you could ever know. I know. Granny says so all the time, said Teddy in a small voice. And then he turned his head, his mouth hovering next to her ear, and dropped his voice to a low whisper. Hermione, there's a lady watching us. Slowly, Hermione released him and rose to her feet, her body tensing slightly with apprehension. She turned around to face the woman in question, who was standing tall, almost regal at the doors, dressed in dark blue robes that could very well be worth more than Hermione's entire Gringotts account, and had her cold eyes locked on Teddy, "'appearing to be fighting the urge to take a step back. "'Immediately, Hermione stepped in front of Teddy, "'blocking him from view "'and keeping a tight hold on one of his hands to keep him there. "'A single eyebrow was raised at the action. "'Clearing her throat, Hermione stood a little straighter, "'raising her chin in defiance. "'Mrs. Malfoy,' she said coldly, "'such a pleasant surprise.' 